This is Glendye Solstice Radio. I'm Jo. And I'm Steve. We're here in the summer house on the banks of the River of Dye. But we're not going to be here for long today because we're going out for an adventure. Where are we going, Jo? We're going to Braemar, which is a gateway to the Cairngorms. And it's one of the coldest places to live in the UK. Would you like more facts about that? Yeah, yeah. I'm intrigued already. It's got an average temperature of 6.8 degrees. And once it was minus 27. And it's also the home of the Highland Games, which I didn't realise. I wonder if those two facts are connected. Maybe it's a challenge to do the Highland Games in the coldest place or one of the coldest places. That's true. Well, maybe, probably not. <laughs> Luckily, our next guest knows more about Braemar than we do because we're going up there to meet Federica Bertolini, who's the Italian ghillie, who does foraging and tours of Braemar and seems to know very much lots about it. Let's go meet her now. Glendye Solstice Radio. How long have you been here? Uh, I've been here since 2015. I came um, with the company that uh, had purchased the five farms. Mm. Um, it was called at the time Highlands Hospitality. It's uh, it's connected to Hauser & Wirth, which is um, a very large global art gallery company. And we... Um, that process started of refurbishing the hotel at the end of 2015 and carried on until the end of 2018. The hotel then opened. I worked at the hotel until the end of 2020. And during those five years, I learned so much about this village and so much about the history and um, so much about nature of this particular area that I really fell in love with it and with the community, which is incredibly resilient and interesting and vibrant and full of ideas and initiatives. So I moved then, uh, when I finished work at the hotel, I moved to Glentana, but I stayed connected to the community and I continued to work. I worked um, a little bit with the Highland Game Centre and I started doing nature and history walks in the village because I'd learned so many things. And uh, now this this is the the sort of thing that I enjoy the most, doing these uh, little walks. They're between two and three hours. Um, and, uh, and now I've moved back to Brimar. That was two days ago. Oh. <laughs> and um, and uh, so that, because I really enjoy doing this. Um, I do a lot of other little things, but this is one of my favourite things, taking visitors, who obviously the hotel has brought in larger numbers, to Brimar and showing them the best that there is in nature and history. Then there's so much to say. You know, I actually struggle a bit to <laughs> <continue> <laughs> Two and a, in two and a half hours. Well, you're you're known as the Italian ghillie. So, what is what is a ghillie? And um, I'm going to guess the Italian bit, but yes, you might exactly. want to let us know that. I think when I um, well, the ghillies basically are um, they used to be rather than are, um, they used to be um, a sort of like all round. Um, I don't know, Renaissance man of the Highlands, if you want. So they could fish and they could hunt and they would take people out stalking, fishing. Over the course of the years, though, and up to this day, to, you know, the, the ghillie's name has kind of got restricted to fishing. So now you really refer to a fishing ghillie. Um, when we opened the hotel, we were looking for a fancy name for um, concierge. We didn't want to call it concierge. And we decided to call it the ghillies or the ghillie desk. And, uh, and that's how it came about. And uh, I was the manager and a lot of people were asking me, oh, where do I go for a walk? Where do I, you know, what is the best place to eat? And things like that. And I 
So I became, you know, the ghillie of, the, you know, <laughs> within the ghillies. And then when I finished work, someone said, a colleague of mine said, oh, you should just be the Italian ghillie. And that's how it came about. I thought, this is too good, hard <laughs> to spell, because, you know, like you were saying, G-H, how do you say it? But so normally for branding, you want something easy. But anyway, this was too good. <laughs> it's too it's very distinctive. Um, there's a lovely walk at the back of the games park, and it will take us into the village from another side. Um, and so we can combine a few things. So this is the arena of the Highland Games. On This place is used twice a year for the junior games in, in, in July and for the main gathering, which is the first Saturday of September. It's great that you can walk into it. Yes, yeah. I love that. Well, you can have picnics. Yeah. Sometimes um, I will offer at the end of my walk a picnic. Mm. Uh, and actually, only two weeks ago, we sat under there, sheltered, so in case of bad weather, uh, you've got seating, you've got a lovely outlook surrounded by hills. Yeah, it's like a natural amphitheatre, isn't it? it you've is. got the mountains, the hills all around it. And what you see at the foot of that hill is a fantastic birkwood with a great circular walk. And I am really spoiled for choice in terms of walks. Uh, depends on how long people want to walk, but in Brema there is a vast amount of low-level walking. Mm. So you don't have to climb hills and you can just stay low. You'll be surrounded by beautiful ancient trees. Something we've been uh, talking about a lot during this project has been how understanding more about the land and what's going on and the history just feel a lot more connected and I guess like that's a lot of what you're doing that's true that's true I, I, I agree with you the I, I, I think a lot of people fall in love with Scotland if they're not Scottish because of this incredible ability to display their tradition their heritage um, and uh, they, they they've got so much and they are very attached to it and very proud of it mm. And yeah. visitors then, as a consequence, feel more connected if they get to learn and to understand. So this is a Scots pine, and it's quite nice that it's next to a oh, fir tree. Oh, yeah, you can see tree. a difference. Yeah. yeah, so you can see that in the fir tree will have single needles. And they're a lot shorter. Shorter, right? exactly. I yeah. mean, there's, there's over 150 different types of, you know, conifers. and But this one, the, this is a, quite a key difference to tell a pine you see there's two coming out of the single point mm. and uh, this is something I learned at Glendai from Pip resident wild swimmer but also forager um, and uh, she prepared us this infusion of pine needle tea and so I, from that moment on I decided that I would use that um, as, as a refreshment on my walks because otherwise you, you're always like not sure do people like tea do they like coffee do they want oat milk not milk and <laughs> um, sugar no sugar you have to bring so much stuff whereas i just bring hot water mm. and i tell them to pick some pine yeah. needles and it's a very very nutrient drink so rich of vitamin c and mm. um, so we can pick a pick few some. needles yes and put them in this uh, hot water jug that i brought and then we can let it uh, infuse for a bit as we continue walking and we can drink it later nice, nice. they already smell them when you just pick those couple off yeah absolutely yeah. i really like that smell. very resinous actually at this in this mm. time mm. Very, very very interesting find which i tend to mention on my walks and it's a chaga mushroom oh i don't, I don't know that now uh, we're going off the beaten track here which i like 
So birch trees in, in, in a northern climate produce this sort of black growth, which is called chaga. And it's very black on the outside and inside, when you, you really need to saw it off. It's got um, a very gingery, ginger biscuit colour. Oh, right. Incredibly power, powerful antioxidant. So you can extract the, the, the goodness of this by cutting a piece off and boil it for two or three hours. And mm. then you can preserve that liquid. You can either drink that liquid straight away or you can preserve it with... Unfortunately, sometimes you have to add sugar or um, alcohol. But... Mm. Um, a lot of people believe in its powers to um, help those with cancer because it seems to target only the good cells. So mm. it will boost the good cells and not feed mm. the bad cells. Okay. Chaga. Very expensive thing. If you Google chaga, yeah. it costs a lot of money. Right. <laughs> yeah. And like, do you see it a lot on trees around here? Yes. Well, yeah. Yes, yes, you do. You yeah. don't. This is now not the right time. Normally gets uh, harvested in the winter. And in the winter, you see it better because there's no leaves. Mm. So you'll be able to spot it more clearly. So we've just come up to this beautiful green bridge that's made of metal and wood. Um, it's got like red... I don't know what that bit's called, but the red <laughs> bit at the top. Handles. Hand, bridge, hand, bridge handles. Bridge handles. Um, and it's got a sort of lovely crisscrossy pattern as well on the outside. This bridge is a bridge over the River Cluny, which goes through Bremar. And it's a little bit depleted at the moment because it hasn't rained since the beginning of May, so wow. not ideal. And Normally it's, it's rich. Is this the same river that goes right past the five farms then? Yes, it is. Ah, okay. So we're going to follow the Cluny and get to the five farms mm. now. Um, and this bridge um, is follows what um, a path which takes you to the Queen's Drive. Um, and so the Queen's Drive refers to Queen Victoria, who used to be um, used to come in her horse and carriage and and be sort of taken around these paths. And there is a little ruin of a cottage in the middle of that forest there. And and the the story is that she used to stop and chat with the residents. <laughs> So did she start this kind of whole, the strong tie with the royal family with Braemar? Yes, yeah. she started it because she purchased Balmoral. Ah, okay. So she came in 1848, saw the games, fell in love with the sort of like drama, the bagpipes, strong men, tossing cavers. Sure. <laughs> yes, who wouldn't? <laughs> and then uh, she, from that moment, then her and her husband, Prince Albert, bought Balmoral Castle. So we've come into view now of the Five Farms Hotel. The Five Farms was um, a small inn until Queen Victoria arrived. Um, but in 1856, someone who was the owner at the time was smart enough to, to know that there was an opportunity to capture um, you know, the, 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 the masses that were coming, uh, starting to come following Queen Victoria's picking this as a holiday destination so he put out an advert in in the Aberdeen journal saying the five arms is now a first class hotel and and that was 1856 but unfortunately in the last uh, 20 30 years uh, the hotel had been really you know neglected and was quite run down mm -hmm. 
2014 it was purchased by Highlands Hospitality and uh, refurbished to a very, very high standard. Um, and, and then it was really catapulted into, again, a bit like the games, into stardom really quickly. But it is very unique and very um, sort of like... I don't think there is another hotel like it, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, probably a lot will try and copy it now. Um, each room, just to give you an example, is dedicated to a different character different element of the history of this place there is the queen victoria suite but there is also the scott spine room it's it's all linked to the history and the heritage and the place mm. can i come in with uh, glenn Dye radio hello hi this oh, is nice oh this is a real gilly hello i've just this is the, uh, this is the real sun gilly. cream on that's all right okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. yeah we're used uh, to that i've got like greasy hands so that's all right cl- trust me i'm not clammy <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and what's no, your no, name? I'm Andrew. Um, the first thing that you see when you come in is this painting of uh, of a deer shot by John Brown, who was Queen Victoria's gilly. Oh. So the inspiration really came from yeah. that, you know, her helper and servant, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, but pride of place here. This is the, the front of house area, the lobby, as it were, and you've got the gilly desk here. So people travel all over to come here? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we've got a very, very international customer yes. base, actually. Mm. Um, there's there's people from the United States and Australia and New Zealand, but then we've got people from Aberdeen and Perth who maybe just nip up for a weekend. Um, lots of people come from London to like to the escape of the, the highlands. Yeah. Um, Germany, 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 France, Netherlands. I think France was one of our larger demographics when we first opened as well. Okay. Um, the French always love to come, and you might have seen lots and lots of German and Dutch people come as well. So it's it's it is a very international um, and dog friendly. Of course, yeah. yeah. Hello, you. We've got Lily here. Um, we've got a hotel dog called Brody. Um, Ruby, Ruby over there as well. <laughs> yes. turn around. Drawing room, it's like our little living room. We've got this wonderful atmosphere with the painted ceiling. There's the infamous Picasso. Yeah. It's a wonderful place to have like an afternoon tea mm. or, a, or, a, or a beer or, or a glass of whiskey or something like that. Um, it's a real like unique atmosphere. It's not every day you can sit and sort of have a pint with a Picasso. No. Yeah. Yeah. Going into Bertie. As if, as if by magic. And this is, oh, wow. this is Angus, who is our, yeah, Angus. for lack of a better word, he's like the, the mad scientist of Bertie's room. That's how I'd put it. So but what is this room then? We're so surrounded by bottles and I don't know what. It used to be the library and now it's a whiskey library. So we're currently up at 488 whiskies in the room as of today. The room is around about 85% Scottish whiskey. But if you make whiskey, we've probably got some. And all kind of roughly grouped by flavour. Yeah, and the room smells really unique, yeah, doesn't it? it smells it? so good. It smells like being in an old book. There's a degree of that going on. You've got an uh, open fireplace, which hasn't been on right now because I would melt and die. Uh, but we post the table pretty frequently, and there's a fair amount of whiskey sort of mm. open and in, in, ambient in the atmosphere. Yeah. So it's a, a dark, cool room. This is the most expensive thing I've got in the room. Uh, this is a 1957 Strathyler. It's 2007 bottling. This is 50 years in cask. You can tell from the fact it looks like uh, mid-century modern furniture based on the colour. Uh, uh, what you will get on the nose is also mid-century modern furniture. Uh, Brazilian rosewood. Oh, wow. Teak. Yeah. Um, that is £1,200 a glass, which is a touch vulgar, I will agree. Um, we have a kind of concept in this room we talk about a lot with this sort of stuff, 
which is the idea of eating Picassos, right? So imagine if only 28 people in the world could see Guernica. Mm -hmm. How much would you charge for that? Some of the stuff in this room, I've been working in whiskey for about 11 years at this point. Uh, there's things in this room which are in the top 10 of things I've ever, ever, ever had. Yeah. And yes, past 100 pounds. Oh, it's quite a lot of money. People pay a hundred grand to get dragged up Everest to look at a view. I'd rather do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Less chance of dying. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you, Thank you so Thank much. You so Thank you very you so much. much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. So there was a time when I came in 2015 where the only sort of bar was inside the other hotel called the Invercold Arms. You don't see it under those trees, but it's the same size as the Fife. Mm. Again, two villages, two hotels. Uh, two, each had to have one. Um, but for, for a good three years, that was the only bar, and, and there was nothing else. And the, but what I was astounded to see was that the, 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 the village um, was still getting together and doing things and having Kayleys and... Uh, spending time together is a very, very strong community um, of people bonding across ages, across, you know, they don't sort of like, um, they do incredible things. For example, one of the things that they've done is they've, um, um, they started their own, uh, um, they built their own community hydro scheme up uh, towards the end of the Curry Mulsey. And now that hydro scheme produces an income which is used for community initiatives. Okay. They run Bremar Castle as a community castle, so just with volunteers. Uh, so huge amount of energy and uh, activity for a 400 year for a 400 you know people village yeah yeah so what's this boundary we're coming up to here with the trees this is uh, the beginning of this cray cray koinak uh, uh, forest and um, to the left here is the fire station Bremar has a retained fire brigade so um it's actually locals that come out and they come very fast but also at the end of uh, on the other side of the walk we'll see the Brimar Mountain Rescue mm -hmm. maybe we should go and have a cup of tea at the squirrel's hide that sounds nice <laughs> just, <laughs> just a little bit further ahead and then we can come back to this that sounds like a good combination yeah. are there red squirrels here? Oh yes, yeah. only red squirrels. Really? The grey squirrels are considered um, a, are considered vermin in Scotland, ah. um, so they don't really make it. I, I used to live in Cornwall, so I'm very conscious that in England, you know, red squirrels actually they didn't even exist in the free. They had to be protected to the point that they, you know, if you wanted to see them, they would be in a cage. Um, but in Scotland, they're everywhere. So we can enjoy a cup of our pine needle tea. I know it's the last thing you want to heat, drink a hot thing. But oh, no, no, sometimes I'm, hot I'm things in hot it. weather. Yeah. No, I like Sounds the vitamin C idea. Yeah. Thank you. I like the colour that it's given it. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, you go to the shop and these infusions are just like three, four pounds, five pounds, you know. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, in nature, there's so much that you can infuse and make tea with, yeah. and it's very, very good for you. <laughs> so we've done a big loop. We're back, coming back to the Highland Games yeah. arena now. I like Which a circular walk. Yeah. Yes, you like. Yeah, I like. A I circular don't like going back over the same place, no. but I like ending up where I started. Yes. <laughs> so when are the next games here? Oh yeah, September. Hmm. What did you say? It's the first weekend. It's always the first Saturday. It's one day, nine till five finished and but the, you know a lot of people 
wonder why is it not a week why is it not more but what you have to think is that this is still volunteers making yeah. this huge effort of putting it all together all the competitions all the events that happen you know food wise there's lots of stalls um so actually it's quite a big organizational effort cars uh, passes tickets and so they do it one day that's yeah. that's enough yeah. for yeah. us so thank you so much this has been yeah, wonderful it's been a pleasure for me. Thank you for coming to Brimar and uh, talking to me. If people want to find out more about you and follow what you're up to and maybe join one of your walks, how can they do that? I think the best way to contact me is through my Instagram account or website, theitaliangilly.com. And uh, the, the Instagram account is also called The Italian Gilly. I don't think it's going to get confused with anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty unique. There's no other. No. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Thank, thank you, so you thank you thank, thank you. you it's been a pleasure uh, to spend the afternoon with you you are listening to glendai solstice radio so federica bertolini there giving us a tour of braemar you've been to braemar before did you learn more about braemar this time yes lots more i'd been to the five farms before for lunch and i'd gone to the spa um the shop and yeah i know a lot more about the history i didn't know anything about queen victoria there before and the massive impact that she had had um, I'd known a bit about the five farms because I was told about it when we did our residency um, at Glendie but it was great to learn more about it and get shown around a bit I thought it was really interesting to learn from Federica the impact of Queen Victoria mm. so because of the Highland Games and Balmoral and then there just being this like really strong royal connection up here and just how things like that can really transform a, a place. And I'm not saying that's a, necessarily a good or bad thing, but just the massive changes that can happen. And also how we might not even be aware of that afterwards. And just how many things like that there are that have impacted like places we visit or live or work and just to not know about that. Yeah, I, I thought that. And the impact the regeneration of the five farms had. I mean, when you speak to people locally, they say it completely rejuvenated and regenerated the town and that connects to tom addy from episode five who oversaw the work that went on at the five farms and then opened his workshop in braemar yeah without that project none of that might have happened for him mm. i liked how well federica knew the place and it just made me think that by slowing down and knowing one place really well you get to know lots of detail rather than knowing lots of stuff about loads of different places it made me think about how I really enjoy it with like taking people around London that have never been to London before. We wouldn't do a massive tour of all the places. We might just go to one place and find loads of little things. I might find a little bit of street art. I'll point out a bit of chewing gum man's chewing gum or a secret pub or a restaurant that I found. What are the special tours that you do? The made up ones? Oh, the inexpert tours. Yeah. So that's when we go around London and make up facts about places and again even that helps you see a place with new eyes you start to imbue it with your imagination and quite often i'll walk around london past places that i've done in expert tours with people and i'll remember the story like the haunted paving slab on the strand i always think of that every time i walk down the strand so federica said there's 400 people that live in braemar and something that she really found from i think she's lived in lots of different places and something she's been really amazed by is the amount of community effort and stuff that people will do together so the highland games is run by volunteers and then she talked about some other projects but it sounds like a really important part of living there 
I was amazed that I've it's a small place and I've heard of the Highland Games, but then amazed by how small it was and it only happens for one day. It's yeah. not like the Olympics, it's just one day a year all of this stuff happens. I really enjoyed how you could walk right into the middle of it, which makes me think of, you know, the right right to roam in Scotland and things like that. The places just being more open and accessible. Yeah, to... you can walk into the middle of the arena and have a picnic in the middle of it if you want to. Try doing that at Wembley Stadium. <laughs> or the Olympics. Or the Olympics. If you'd like to find out more about Federica or join one of her tours, you can find her on Instagram, The Italian Gilly, or you can go to her website, theitaliangilly.com. So that's all for this episode. Join us next time for the last episode in this season, which is going to be a maker's special, all about making stuff. And we'll end this episode with a poem, which is by Francine Toon, who was our guest on episode four. This is her reading Protection. Bye. Bye. Broadcasting from the summer house on the banks of the Water of Dye, this is Glendye Solstice Radio. Protection. One day I will find the best heart of a forest to build a high tree house. One thick oak in a deep knot of pine, severed from any sort connectivity, silent except now and then a deer hoof or bat wing, somewhere that is the last target for all methods of terrorism. I will fill the insides with a stack of yellow paper bags, two candlesticks, crayons, twine, matches, a tin mug, axe and box of steel-cut oatcakes. Throughout my time there, I will wear your Christmas jumper, its cabled fairy-like weave, a kind of undefined protection. Glenn Dye Solstice Radio.